Therapy roulette, consent event. Trauma disguised as comedy. Therapy roulette, consent event. If you don't have problems, then you're likely repressing shit and you should find a therapist who's not me. Hi, my name is Michelle Bacci, and welcome to another episode of Therapy Roulette Consent to Vent. This episode, we're talking politics and how it's affecting your relationships. If you live in America, this is a big issue right now. The election's coming up November 3rd. Early voting is already going on in California and a lot of states, and it's going to keep rolling through October before the election. Get your votes in put it in the mailbox or show up to a location and get it done in person. It's important. Don't sleep on this. I wanted to talk about an article titled Keeping It Civil, How to Talk Politics Without Letting Things Turn Ugly. It was written last year in April 2019, but I think it's still pretty relevant. It's written by Caroline Kelly on NPR.org. I know I've been uh, talking politics a lot especially in the past few years and especially in the past year with this election leading up. And it's hard for me to talk to people who see differently from me because I'm very liberal and my very close social circle is very liberal. My internet circle is extremely liberal. So it's hard for me to branch out and talk to even like a moderate person, someone who's a centrist, and definitely it's difficult for me to talk to someone more conservative. So I read this article to help myself. Maybe it'll help you. Caroline mentions that it's good to carefully choose the moment you want to talk about something like this because you don't want to walk into a contentious conversation demanding that the other person talk to you, saying, I want to talk about Trump right now. I want to talk about climate change right now. If you demand the conversation, it's not going to go well. You both have to be open-minded, down to talk, and non-judgmental. That's super important. So rather than demand the conversation, Open yourself up and extend an invitation to talk. Make sure the vibe is right. Read the room. You can do this. Um, A big reason I'm not into discussing politics on the internet is because it seems a little pointless to get into these debates in comment sections, Facebook threads, Twitter threads. I'm not trying to change your mind in my comment section. You know, I'm down to like promote who I'm voting for or an issue I think is important, but I don't want to like fight you with my internet words. I don't think it's really helpful. I don't see people getting a lot out of that. So to me, I'd I'd rather talk about these things in person through a dialogue or some like more educational lens, like reading articles, discussing the articles. I did do canvassing for Elizabeth Warren when she was running for president, and I got to go door to door and talk to people. And one of the most uh, transformative experiences I had was talking to this guy who I knocked on his door and right up front, he goes, oh, I'm a Republican. I voted for Trump. And I was like, okay. Um, I'm like campaigning for Elizabeth Warren. I could tell you about her. He's like, yeah, okay. My, my daughter might vote for her. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, his daughter, you know, is similar to me because she's also on Warren's side. So we already had that common ground. This article mentions the first thing you should do when t- talking about political differences is find a common ground. So with me and this guy, we both know someone who's a Democrat, or I'm a Democrat. So we already had that common ground. And he brought up on his own, he's like, I don't know why I'm a Republican. I don't know why I voted for Trump. Honestly, I should be a Democrat. And I was like, okay, great. I'm so glad I didn't run away when you mentioned you voted for Trump. 
and we started talking and he just, you know, he offered up the the perspective that he's religious and he doesn't believe in abortion. And I said, big sigh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know, my immediate thinking in my head is you're a man. Why do you think abortion is such a big deal? You're a man. It's not going to affect you directly as much as it would a woman. You know, you're not going to carry a baby for nine months and then be obligated to raise that child. But he said, oh, you know, when I was young, I got a girl pregnant and I wanted to keep the baby and she didn't. I was like, oh, okay, we have a common ground. I see that you're a human. You've experienced something like this directly. I get where you're coming from. This article mentions see people's personal stories. You know, you don't want to throw facts and figures at them. You don't want to mention statistics. You don't want to mention like too much science, honestly, because if you if you throw facts in their face, then they're just going to stop listening. So talk about your personal story. So for this guy, I listened to him. I said that must have been really hard. I mean, you were young. He mentioned he was a teenager when this happened. So I didn't try to lecture him. I didn't try to say, you know, imagine what the woman was going through, even though that's what I was thinking. I just said, I can see that being hard. I know it's difficult when you're religious. Abortion is a tough issue. And then I said a few things about why I was voting for Warren. I think she's the smartest candidate. You know, she's she's equipped to deal with everything that is important to me, such as climate change, such as healthcare. And he said, yeah, you know, I'll look into this brochure. I'll look into her website and I'll tell my daughter. And I said, thank you. And I left. And I felt really good about <laughs> talking to this guy who has wildly different opinions than I do about who he's voting for, about his political identity. And we had a civil conversation and we kind of like had a decent conversation. So it's not impossible. I've also had other conversations with friends, you know, coworkers, family members online that have gone the opposite way, where I personally had to like end the conversation and just leave. And that's another thing that this article mentions. If you get into these conversations and you feel triggered, when you feel fully triggered and you feel like you can't take it anymore, then stop talking. Just pause, walk away. You know, that that's expected when you're getting into heated topics like this. You know, you're kind of debating. So if you get too risen emotionally, just pause it. Only return to it when you feel like you can. I mean, these are really dividing, polarizing times. And you want to allow people space to explain themselves. You want to hear out their personal stories because then they'll feel heard and they'll feel validated and they'll feel like they're being listened to. It's hard to uh, see differences eye to eye, but it's not something we should just dismiss. And then if you have a conversation about a political difference with a friend, a stranger, whatever, and nothing feels like it's happening, if no one changes their views by the end, that's fine. I think it's more of a win that you had the conversation in the first place. You know, we're not really talking to people who see differently than us. And that's why America is so divided. So if you can talk in a civil manner, if you can talk like humans and respect each other, that's a huge victory. According to the article, your goal isn't to agree, it's to disagree and keep talking. And if I can talk to a a pro-lifer who I randomly knocked on his door and he's like, I voted for Trump, I don't know why. And I didn't, you know, immediately run away screaming. I think you can do it, too. Uh, This episode is about politics and about a friend of mine who is from Arizona. And he tells me about the climate that's going on in Arizona right now. He has a lot to say. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Trevor Wagner. Therapy roulette, consent event, trauma disguised as comedy. 
How did they get you for jury duty? Uh, it's like the most inconvenient time. Like secretly, I've always wanted to do jury duty because like I've, I've never <laughs> done it and it sounds cool. But like of all the weeks. Have you done the court shows like Judge Judy or any of those? Oh, I was like on a court show. Yeah. But like. You did the improv one, right? Yeah, yeah. I did that. That was fun. I've done one of those, one of the improv ones. You have? <laughs> yeah, last year, I think. What were you? Were you the defendant? I was, I think, the defendant. And I was like, I had a character who had a baby daddy who was deadbeat, and he had children with three other women. And I was like, no, he's not a deadbeat. I don't care who he's stalking on social media. I have this ridiculous character. <laughs> I love that. It was so much fun. Which one was it? I think it was Judge, uh, it was a black woman. I'm blanking on her name. She has like a little short haircut. Okay, she's, yeah. She's no nonsense. I did uh, Christina Velez. And like, I think three to five people try and find the video and we cannot find it. And you it. can't find it. I can never find mine. We can't find it anywhere. It's so annoying. Did you get paid like pretty well though? No, I got paid like $75. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was I thought that was good pay. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm like thinking like I mean thinking in terms of oh, this was like played like nationally, and I got paid seventy five dollars for it. And it's kind of a Jerry Springer type of show, daytime trash. Yeah, but it was so <laughs> much fun, and I love it. And I I, I wish I, I really want to try and find it. Yeah, it sucks you can't find the episode. That's what my situation was, where they were like, here's a contract you have to sign saying we will not tell you where it's coming out check facebook live and i was like okay that's so annoying yeah mine was like okay uh we won't tell you when the air date is you have to check every day but here's the title of your episode yeah uh so you know the title and but the thing is the producer of my like segment the segment producer said that she was going to change the title and so i was like great so this is useless so i have no idea what it's called or when it's coming out. I thought it wasn't going to come out. I don't know if you saw or if I told you, but the bailiff ended up getting arrested for murdering his wife. In real life? In real life. No, you didn't tell me. I think I saw a tweet that you posted about it. Yeah. he. So, like, I filmed in May, April or May of last year. And then over the summer, he went to Miami with his wife and, like, killed her. <laughs> in Miami? Yeah. Oh my God, the body's going to rot amongst <laughs> the Miami culture. They found it in the closet, so it was preserved. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Was this, so this is a, a co-actor on set with you? He, no, he was like a real bailiff, I guess. Like he was oh. an ex-cop playing a bailiff security guard dude. But like, it's so weird. Because he had the experience. That's so creepy. Well, you know how there's that saying that like, you've probably come across like three murderers over the course of your life. I don't know that saying, but it should be my personal mantra. <laughs> right. I identify. <laughs> but like, so like, that's like a thing. Like there's like, you're likely to over the course of your life, come across three murderers without knowing that they've murdered people or they're about to. My God. <laughs> I'm in a weird situation to where I know the exact person and it's televised. <laughs> like, can we use this in the podcast? <laughs> totally. If you're recording it. We are recording. And we can talk about it again. We're recording audio because I just think that's fascinating. I've known one murder murderer tangentially. He was my landlord. And then he ended up 
owing money to the mafia and his body was found set on fire in a dumpster. So he was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nuts. I feel like that's enough, though. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, after this one, I'm like, okay, I don't need to come across any more murderers. Yeah, I think having your landlord be a mafia tie and then also getting set on fire, that should count for, like, knowing two murderers or something. It should get yeah, no, totally. bonus points. <laughs> That's like a straight up, I'm watching Fargo right now, and that's like a straight up like storyline from Fargo. Fargo the show? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. Well, I would say the first two seasons are good. Season three has good acting, but it's like fine. It's a drama? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And then season four, so far, is kind of just slow. There's not mm-hmm. really much going on. Yeah, I feel like season four, you might get a little comfortable. Yeah. It might get a little boring. It's an anthology series, so no season has to do with it the other one. So, mm-hmm. like, they take place in different years, like, over the course of different decades. But Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll just start recording the podcast. We'll just give up on video. Trevor Wagner, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like because we've been uh, bullshitting back and forth, do you want to start with the random roulette wheel? How are you feeling? Let's do... Could we do, like, a sandwich? How yeah. many... Could we do, like, the real questions and then roulette wheel and then, like, a real real questions and then, like, a roulette wheel? Like, spin and pick and choose therapy, politics, roulette wheel. Like, go from thing to thing. Yeah. Let's okay. jump around. I let's don't know. Do it. It's your podcast. Do what you do. <laughs> I'm trying to be a better interviewer. So I'm just, I'm trying to get feedback and make sure it's, a <laughs> like, a, a mutual experience. <laughs> but thank you for being here. I haven't seen you in forever. I'm glad you're back in California. Yeah, it was. it's just crazy that, like, I ended up, I went to Arizona for a week, and I stayed for half a year. I know, it's been so long. It's <laughs> nuts. I can't believe how much time has gone by since COVID hit. Over, well, it's been, like, I don't know, eight months now? It's seven? Seven months? Eight, I think we're hitting nine. It's been since March. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine months. And I have been following you on Twitter and you'll just like post these pictures of you in your parents' house. And I'm so jealous. I'm like, oh, it looks so comfortable. It looks so like cozy. And you're with your sister. And I'm like, oh, I'm just living with my boyfriend, like in a pile of trash. <laughs> well, that was the, I mean, I love my family and I'm so glad that I got to spend that time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like, the issue was like, it was getting too cozy. Like yeah. I was getting way too comfortable and like. I feel like you were wearing a Snuggie in several photos. Oh, or like a blanket yeah. type thing. Yeah, a blanket type thing. No, my snuggie's <laughs> here in LA. <laughs> oh, you left it here? <laughs> I did. <laughs> but I miss that comfort of like not having to do much and your parents take care of the house and take care of you. No, it's nice for a while until you're like, I'm 27. <laughs> I, need to, I need to start being an adult again. Right. If you want to. If you want to. <laughs> okay, so uh, the podcast is Therapy Roulette. So I like to ask my guests, are you in therapy right now? I am not in therapy right now. I've always told myself that I should, but mm-hmm. I haven't. It's very anti-LA to not be going to a therapist. <laughs> well, my whole thing was I couldn't afford one comfortably. Valid. Now my health insurance covers it like completely, like for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of like visits. But then COVID hit, and now I'm uncomfortable going to offices. 
Yeah, I recommend virtual therapy. I've been doing talk space where you like text a therapist. Yeah. And it's been it's been really good for my erratic schedule. Mm-hmm. I've heard good things from that too. I don't know. I'll do it next year. I always say that, but I'll do it. I know I know I need to and I should mentally help. Yeah. I think it helps everyone, honestly. I would advise everyone to try therapy for a few months, like really mm-hmm. stick with it for three months. And then if you're yeah. not having it, just quit. Yeah. It's probably worth worth the money you spend just because you like have that time to be selfish and have someone pay attention to you one on one. That's true. And I'm all about having an audience. Yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of good for exactly. that ego. <laughs> Very cool. I know I put it off for a while and I'm in it right now, but mm-hmm. you know, life changes. I might quit tomorrow. Yeah. No, I mean it's a great thing for people to go into and I recommend it for everyone, even though I've never been to it. Yeah. I think uh, listening for me because I do listen to podcasts. I find, oh, I get really into a certain podcast because I identify with the hosts and I identify with the guests, and then that's kind of a form of therapy. Because I'm like, oh, they they understand me even though they don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. It's like fandom. No, I get it, and that's good. Yeah, it works for me. Um, so this episode theme is about politics because it's hitting our country hard right now with November the election coming up. Mm-hmm. Um. And you're from Arizona originally? Yeah. How, how do you identify politically? I, uh, I am independent. Okay. Yeah. One of those people that's like, I'm not too big. I'm not a big fan of political parties. Just the idea of having a political party. So I'm independent. Yeah. I feel like that's a good way to start in politics. Like the first idea is like, oh, are you a Republican, a Democrat, third party, but independent kind of leaves it open. Yeah. No, totally. How's the climate in Arizona politically? Uh, it's it's a mess, but I'm hopeful <laughs> because okay. like, hey, you're a swing state. Yeah, yeah, but there's which is nice because a bunch of and I saw it back in college. I went to Arizona State as well. It's like a bunch. It's really old people against young people. Like like you see it like on Twitter and like you hear that that's a thing, but like you see it in Arizona for sure. It's old per old people versus young people yeah like and i don't mean i should say old i would (laughs) i would i should say like people above the age of 40 to people below the age of 40 the divide hits at 40 interesting yeah and the reasoning i have that is uh i mean it's mostly at least where i grew up and i grew up in the same community since i was three two or three all the way through that's where my parents still live Pretty much your whole life. Yeah. Pretty much uh, a majority like Christian state. And so there's still like that old Republican ideas, but then kind of like, so those are sticking around and kind of like the older generations. And then the younger generations are either not religious or they still are, but kind of more adopting more like of you know our modern world and what the world is now and like i think the world's not so black and yeah and the world's become more accepting of of things that we haven't been accepting for for too long you know so Mm -hmm. it seems like just like the young people in arizona are getting more accepting and that's not saying like oh some young people uh are or no young people are like hardcore old school Republican and no old people, older people are hard, are like, I don't know what I'm saying. There's, there's a mesh. There's a mesh. I know what you mean. There's a mesh. (laughs) I feel like some people 
identify strongly with certain ideals or they feel very much this way and there's no room to budge. Mm -hmm. So that might be the old school version. Yeah. And it is weird when you come across a young Republican who's like a a Trumpy Republican. That terrifies me. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) I know some. (laughs) So. Yeah. Because I, to me, Trump is not a Republican. He's just a maniac. So I don't know how he's politically gaining any followers, but, you know, he continues to baffle me day after day. Yeah, it's the, I think it's 100% the scare tactic. It's just, that's it. It's just the scare <laughs> tactics. I'm, And it could be like God-fearing type ideology because a lot of Republican ideals are based in religion or people are like, you know, like, oh, this guy is Christian or he doesn't, you know, he's pro-life and that solidifies it for them and that's it. But like, there's also like this, I'm still a Christian and like, there's still people, even in Arizona, like, and I, I think this is where my like young people take comes on because like the, my friends who I grew up with in church and I'm still friends with, and they also go to church are like, Trump's not a Christian. Like maybe he says he is, but he's like, no. If you ask him to talk about anything in the Bible, I doubt he could do it. He's never done it. Well, no, he doesn't. They asked what his favorite verse is. And he said the entire Bible, just pick a verse. He just holds it up for pictures. He holds it up as a prop. He could have just said John 3.16. That's like even people who aren't Christian know that verse. Like, Yeah, you could say anything with a Bible word attached to it. Like yeah, Genesis like, was great. That's enough. <laughs> I prefer the old, not the new. Like something basic, but he doesn't even try. Yeah, no. So that's what uh, I feel Arizona's like. Luckily, finally, our governor, Doug Ducey, who no one my age has liked for years is now the good thing that came out of COVID is that now nobody likes him because one people leaning more towards the left are like, he's not shutting everything down like he should be. And then when he did shut everything down, people on the right were like, why is he shutting everything down? He shouldn't do this. And they started saying recall Ducey. And then everyone on like our side is kind of like, I mean, we don't agree with the reasoning, but like, the end result is good. Like, Because you're not a big fan of the governor himself. Oh, he's horrible. <laughs> he just, I'm not like, familiar with him. He Well, the reason why like most people hate him before all this was like his, is like the reason Arizona's like 50th in education. Like, or okay. at least keeps getting worse. Because he... He's kind of like a Betsy DeVos. Yeah, he, well, he just like keeps... Funding other things and defunding education, but then like goes and says like, I love education. Like that's our number one priority. And then he goes up and he like, Arizona recently has had another upswing. And that's when like all the schools are opening up. And it's like, are you serious? Why are you? Yeah, New York too. I was trying to fly home to where my parents live in New York. And then there's been a slight uptick in Brooklyn and Queens and certain neighborhoods and i was like you know what it's not even worth it i'll i'll just wait <laughs> yeah it's i don't know and he he used to be the like ceo of cold stone creamery no yeah so that's like my thing i'm like i can't believe we got the ceo of cold stone creamery to run our state like who gave him the right like i feel like it's almost a, like a random trajectory like trump is way worse but like in theory i feel like it's worse to give like to see the manager of an ice cream shop, the ability to run a state than like a reality star. I guess he was, 
if he was the CEO, that's some yeah. responsibility. Yeah, that's true. But also Coldstone, Coldstone's very successful. They don't really, they're not struggling. Right, right. So that's good, but Arizona's struggling, so maybe he should stick to ice cream. Yeah, and if I, I'd have to look into his history to be like, oh, he helped Coldstone, or he just kind of coasted there because it's, right. it's a profitable company. That's interesting, though. I'll have to look up that cover. Yeah, Doug Ducey. He's awful. Doug Ducey. And it's weird the Arizonians are protesting shelter-in-place orders. Because I was watching with that Michigan kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching a protest in Michigan, and people are just protesting shelter-in-place. And it's like, do you want to get the virus? Yeah. Like, why? I don't understand why this is a big protest. I don't know. It's just, it's just a mess down there. I think it's become more of a mess in Arizona just because there's, like, that great divide between, like, older and younger generations. That's kind of promising, though, that the younger generation is changing things. For sure. Like, you see, like, obviously, it's not just the younger people, but, like, you see, even though she's not great, but, like, Kirsten Cinema just got or got elected to Congress. And then okay. right now, uh, it's Martha McSally, who's, like, awful and Republican, and Mark Kelly, who's Democrat. And Mark Kelly's, like, way in the lead, which is good. And, I mean, I'm also not, like, I'm... Being independent, I don't want to, like, knock anyone. So I don't think all Republicans are bad. I just think that, like, all Republicans that are in power right now are bad. Um, And then, like, it goes down to the people that support them. But, like, Martha McSally is, like, straight up bad. So, like... People, especially in this current political climate, where I can be like, no, that's a terrible human. They have no sympathy or empathy for other people. You know, they shouldn't be in office deciding what our country, like Mitch McConnell, people who are purely evil. (laughs) I don't get me wrong. I hate Trump, but I think McConnell Mm -hmm. is the worst person in D.C., right? He's just soulless. I mean, he at least like has more of a brain than Trump because Trump is like that's true. Some kind of frayed wire that's operating all the time. But McConnell like purposely does evil things that he knows are wrong. Like he he's told and he like admits it and he laughs about it like. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm a hypocrite? Whatever. Goes right past it. <laughs> Does not even acknowledge that he's doing wrong to the people. Right. Ugh, it's a whole thing. I'm, it's annoying. <laughs> well, I'm optimistic about Arizona. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it's going to be down the road, uh, but I think we're getting there. Yeah, that's cool. So let's switch to a, a random question on the wheel. Let's do it. Spin it for you. I know it's a good idea that you had to mix up the random ones because politics can get a little heavy. And yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. (laughs) The pressure is just building in America. So it's going to take the edge off. Yeah. And you can like I can like feel whenever I talk about it, I feel like I can feel it in my nervous system. (laughs) I know because I I'm ambitious about it. I'm passionate about it. I love Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. I think Biden is running a good campaign. Mm -hmm. But then if I pay too much attention to it for too long, I blow up. So yeah, for sure. Short breaks. (laughs) Your random roulette question is, how is your health? Oh, thank you for asking. (laughs) It's great. A weird thing is that, so my house in Arizona, we keep the air conditioning at like 72. And then the house here in Burbank, they keep it at 68. And how hot is it in Arizona? 100 degrees? Yeah, 100 something. So hot. So my body just like doesn't take to slightly colder temperatures like at all. Like when during seasons change is usually when I start feeling sick. But when I got here, I started getting like really like my nose was really stuffy and Mm -hmm. like I didn't get sick, but I was like 
I was like sneezing more often, but I think I've adjusted. It throws you off. Yeah. Health is good. We know working um, the price is right, working outside, loading audience to working inside with full blast air conditioning. I would get sick just doing that, going inside, outside all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine. I mean, luckily, I was mainly outside the entire time. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, same thing. I think for me, I think the coldest was like dancing with the stars was freezing, if I remember correctly. Yeah, everything on that soundstage was Awful. an icebox. Oh, yeah, yeah, an icebox. <laughs> I just say you did work in that show. Anything with, like, dancing, pyrotechnics, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of effects. that They, like, kept it, like, an icebox all day, I guess, for the equipment. At least our jackets were long and thick and heavy. Yeah, at least we had a lot of uniform. <laughs> yeah, which was good when it was colder, but when it was summer, that was not good. Yes, the CBS page life. R.I.P. goodbye i've actually been like sick like that recently just because it's getting to be winter in in la Mm -hmm. it's like fall slash winter because it's now 60 something at night and then going from the ac blasting all day it throws off like my congestion my my nose and then i feel like oh do i have covid like no it's probably the air conditioner (laughs) yeah that's the worries now now it's is it allergies is it cold season or is it covid or am I mm-hmm. just overreacting overall? <laughs> yeah. And I've had a weird like tickle in my throat for months. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's, I think it's acid reflux. So I finally got medicine for that. Michelle, same. I've had a tickle in my throat since February. Really? Yeah. Since, a- since April. <laughs> I So like my whole thing was I actually did get sick in February uh, with a cough. And then uh, that lingered the thing the like tickle lingered which is like typical for me like after a cold then I get a cough and then I have like a tickle for a bit and I've had cold so much in my life that I know how it works yeah so I was like "Eh, you're used to it whatever and so then I kept kind of putting (laughs) it off and then COVID hit and I was like and it hit right around the time I made a doctor's appointment so I went to our set medic and I was like I don't know what to do oh you're so lucky you had that appointment ready. Yeah, but they were like, don't go to the doctor because it's mm-hmm. so bad right now and you don't want to risk anything. And they initially said, because I have reflux and it's kind of been helping, but the, like, the medicine's kind of been helping. But then also, like, I was also in the middle of going through a move and I'm working on a set. So I like, there's dust everywhere. It was just... Yeah, you can't control your environment at all. Not at all. So that was me. But now, right now, health is good. That's good. You're getting enough sleep. You're hydrated. Yeah, but I'm napping, which I really shouldn't be napping. Because then it's... You always nap. I'm so jealous. I always nap. <laughs> but then I like, can't fall asleep <laughs> at night. And then I'm tired in the morning. And then... Do you take, like, timed naps? What's your nap routine? I used to. But now I just kind of sleep. <laughs> usually, it's after lunch. That sounds so nice. And I'll sleep usually, like, 20 to 30 minutes. But I just let my body sleep. I used to take time naps. I used to take like 10, 15 minute naps. And they were great. They felt good. I woke up feeling good. But 10 minutes? Yeah. But you have to like train yourself to go down. I used to take like an hour and a half nap. So like yeah, 20 minutes is good. That's the true power nap. I think anything under 20, 10 or 15 is like Olympic athlete nap. It's, it's hard. But like once you train your body to do it, you can. Yeah, I'm impressed. I want to take more naps. Everyone says that. <laughs> yeah, it just I feel like it can increase productivity if you nap for the right amount of time. But if you nap a little too long, 
past 20 minutes for me, then it ruins my whole day. That's me. I, my days are always ruined because I'm always tired. <laughs> well, I'm amazed you're talking to me at nighttime. I feel honored. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Yes. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go back to the hard questions. Ooh. What have you think... What do you think of the debates? Have you watched any of them? I've watched both of them, which is like, I usually, the last presidential election, I don't think I watched any of them at the entire, I think I watched like clips afterwards, but I didn't want to sit through the entire thing. But Trump and Hillary? Yeah. I don't think I watched too many. Yeah. Ever since then, I was like, oh, I should take this more seriously. I remember watching like the nominees before Trump got picked. And I was like, mm-hmm. this fucking guy, like, I couldn't stand listening to hear him, hear him talk just in the row of like 10 nominees or however many, because he would make fun of all the other people. He would call Marco Rubio, little Marco, and he was just a bully. And then I couldn't believe when he got nominated. It's just, I don't know. He's a celebrity millionaire that knows how to attract the right people. Like he, the weird thing is he's an idiot, but he's also a genius. None of which are good. He's a spin doctor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I've watched the debates. The first one with Biden and Trump was a mess and I hated it. It was so hard to get through. And when Trump uh, told the Proud Boys to stand by, I had to take a lap in my living room because I was like, I can't believe we just heard that. Like he just just like said that. And just said it straight to the moderator like not trying to cover it up, not trying to be ashamed or anything. Right. Just clearly defying you know, what a president should be doing. Uh, it's, it was a mess. And then also, like, I'm not obvious, like, I'm going to vote for Biden, but I'm not a big fan of him. Yes. I actually, like... No no one is. I think he's doing great for who he is. I think he's trying. I love Kamala. Yeah. But no no one's excited about Biden as, as Joe Biden. Right. And, like, I understand, like, my dad is, like, on the... Like, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Because, like, he doesn't like Trump as a person. And he's like, I'm pretty sure Joe Biden is going to die. Like, yeah. in the next <laughs> few years. I've, I've heard that theory. Which I, I understand and I get. For both of them, they're both incredibly, uh, they're both older. but They're both the oldest people up for presidential yeah, election in history. Which is nuts. But yeah, so I'm not a big fan of Biden. And he, like, his, but he... He's a good debater and he composed himself well. And he did actually have plans that he actually said. And by actually, I mean, Trump like was like, yes, we have a plan and it's the best plan. Obama messed everything up. And it was like, okay, what's your plan? Like you say you have one, tell us. Yeah. Ans- answer one question with concrete answers. Right. That's all we and, want. But Biden, like, I mean, he did give a lot of, or not a lot. He did give a good amount of career politician answers, which I was like, okay, like I see right through you. You just don't want to answer this question, which is annoying. But like, and I don't use the term lesser of two evils because I don't think Biden is evil. I just don't think he's right. I almost I almost think that's a smart strategy, though, because he can appeal to the masses Mm -hmm. that way. Like he might he might get a couple on the fence voters by being a career politician. He might not ruffle any feathers the way Hillary Clinton did or Bernie because Bernie's like an individual and he's more radical because Joe Biden is Joe Biden's like very plain he's very like mild left and then Trump is calling him radical left yeah so it's 
it's absurd. It's absurd that anyone could think Joe Biden. It really bad. is. And at least uh, from, I mean, I haven't done like expansive research on Biden. So you can like correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not one of those career politicians that like flip flops a lot. I think so. I only know him like kind of uh, shallow in a shallow way. Cause I was way more excited about Elizabeth Warren and I like Kamala. Uh-huh. So right? I wasn't like, gearing for biden the whole time but now that he's the nominee i'm like all right let's go biden like you know i'm also begrudgingly backing him because he's our nominee oh gosh i love elizabeth warren with all of my heart she's the best she's still posting shit every day like her her brother passed away from covid and she's still optimistic (sighs) as ever she's so great but uh when i was working slight tangent but still about this go for it when I was working uh, an episode of Bill Maher, uh, I remember Elizabeth Warren was a guest, and it was before she announced. That was so exciting to have all those nominees on Bill Maher. I know, but it was actually before she announced her nomination and that she was running. So this was a while ago. And so she okay. was just a guest because she was like kind of popular for like her role in Congress. And I remember... And then she... She had been rumored to run for president. For yeah. A while. So maybe she was in the middle of the rumors, but she didn't announce it yet. But so she was on Bill Maher, and I hate Bill Maher. But <laughs> when she talked, I remember turning to my friend who like already knew a lot about her and loved her and stuff. And I knew nothing about Elizabeth Warren at that point. I turned to my friend, and I was like, she's going to be president. Like, just like immediately, I was like, I just get that vibe. She's so presidential. She is like, and she's just so knowledgeable. And I say this like jokingly all the time. It's like my bit, but like she gives a vibe that she has like a Staples rewards card. And like, I'm so down for that because like I do too. Like she's getting all the office supplies all the time. Yeah. And like she gets rewards for it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. She's always wearing, she's always wearing a solid color blazer She's always like quaffed and ready. Her answers are on point. She never repeats anything. Like she's brilliant. Yeah. So she's great. So she was my number one. But yeah, I'm I'm going for Biden. I usually also like this election's just changing everything because I'm actually a big proponent on like, I guess, like researching every single candidate. And so what I did in the last one, which I like really liked, was I like did I found a website. I think it was ballotpedia.org. May have been another one. I love Ballotpedia, but it like Ballotpedia is good. Put it was Trump, uh, or you could. It wasn't just Trump. So like you could choose which president or president nominee, and it would go. It listed all of the things that have like all of the things that they've talked about. Uh, just like in general, like let's say like prison labor or something. And then you click on Trump and it says is is for prison labor and gives a reason or actually for Trump, it was mostly has not addressed this, which was frustrating. But so what I did was like I would go through Trump holds a Bible in response to every question. (laughs) And I was tallying. I was like, okay, I support what uh, what Clinton says here or what so smart Johnson, what Gary Johnson says here. Or even I, what Trump says here, Trump did not get a lot of tallies, but I will admit he got some tallies. But yeah, so that's what I did. And I was like, I'm going to do that in the next election. But Trump like ruined this country so bad that I'm like, I'm voting for Joe Biden. 
because yeah thank thank you trevor (laughs) thank you for like saying that and saying it so matter-of-factly where it's like for people who are still undecided or for people who don't see the point in voting this is the world we live in it looks like you know we're in a civil war or we're on the brink of a civil war. Are you not going to exercise your right Right. to vote when the country is dismantling in front of you? I usually like, there's a saying, my uncle said it to me once too. He was like, voting for third party is never going to win. And I'm like, okay, well, voting for third party is never going to win. If we keep saying that, it's like the same thing of when you say, when you say, oh, that's just how it is. Well, it's just how it is because people keep saying that's just how it is. Like, we need to get out of that. Even when you when you use ultimate words like never, it limits everything. So you're not, you know, if you want change and you want progress, you can't use words like never. Right. So that's what I'm usually like. For this election, I'm more like, <laughs> okay, let's just not have Trump and let's vote the guy that's most likely going to. I think you you have to. Because there's no independent party right now. I don't know much about the third party workings or the candidates, but this is not the time yeah, to... The, well, the independent party one, because I got the primary for that one, uh, were awful. All of, the, all of mm-hmm. them were bad. They were just all bad. And this guy, <laughs> Rocky, I think he was the one... He's like the front runner <laughs> in the independent party, but he also got like... Is he running for president, yeah. Rocky? Okay. Uh, for president and he he was like taken he was like governor or some he served some political office and was like full-on impeached like he was he did some crime or something and then now he's running for president Why is there no vetting process i don't know and also i'll show you look who his vice president nominee is it's Kanye Omari West. Is that different from Kanye West? It is not. It is Kanye West. <laughs> so Kanye West is running for VP under a guy named Rocky? Rocky De La Fuente Guerra. Oh my God. It's messed up, but none of that's going to happen. So, But the sad thing is this Rocky Kanye ticket is going to get like 10% of the vote just for the ridiculous yeah. names and it's Kanye. I know. <laughs> it pisses me off. And the fact that they're using Kanye as a ploy to try to mess up the vote so Trump gets more votes because Kanye is, you know, unstable and he entered the race in like the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's not gonna, I don't know. It's really messed up that they can just change the rules whenever yeah. they want no to. No more celebrities. No more celebrity presidents. We've tried twice. No. It hasn't worked out. I say, have the celebrities run for low office. <laughs> yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold governor. Schwarzenegger, I'm pretty sure he's, you know, turning into a pro Biden yeah. person. <laughs> so, you know what? Governor might suit celebrities better. Cynthia Nixon, I forget what she ran for, but there are certain people where I'm like, if you want to help your state, your city, go for it. If you want to run the country, yeah. get some experience. I also used to say, this was back in high school when Trump was running, but obviously didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to say, I was like, I want to see how a businessman runs the country i was like that could be a good idea and then we got one and i was like you know what i don't think it was you know what he's a terrible business right we tried it maybe we shouldn't have (laughs) a billionaire quote unquote uh be president so and he takes all this credit for our great economy he inherited obama's economy Mm -hmm. and everything that's falling apart is his effect 
this COVID madness. He's been president during COVID. I can't believe his his current campaign uh, strategy is. Oh, if you don't like what's going on, don't vote for Biden. Right. It's like this is your. How dumb do you think your base is? <laughs> My favorite thing is like the seeing the riots, and they're like, "This would be Biden's America," and everyone's like, "But that is Trump's America." Yeah, Biden is not the president. Right. <laughs> People, I mean, you're on Twitter like I am, so I. I see like the glimmers of hope in Twitter and then I see like the deranged pit of despair and I I'm so sick of the pit of despair. Oh yeah, for sure. I need to really get off Twitter. It's really ruining me. <laughs> I know my phone, I set a limit for like an hour, hour and a half on my phone and every day I'm I'm reaching that limit and the phone kicks me off. Mm-hmm. That's smart. I need to do that. You've been on Twitter for way too long, Michelle. Go read a book. <laughs> Let's spin the roulette wheel again. Let's do it. Trevor, have you done anything creative lately? Oh, uh, I'm writing a pilot. You are? Yeah. Tell us about it without giving too much away because I don't want anyone to yeah, steal it. Yeah, people are going to steal it. Um, it's <laughs> a kids show, actually. Nice. Animated? It is. And which I've never done either of those things before. That's exciting. Never for animation or for children. Um, I just kind of figured that like, uh, well, one, I should actually like have a pilot to my name. And I had a good idea and I was like, you know what? I should write this because uh, I'm starting to have, not to brag, but I'm starting to have friends who are starting to get opportunities. So I have a bunch of coattails that are kind of reaching out to me. So I need to grab one and then have like a pilot in the other hand. As you should, that's how a lot of this works. Right, exactly. So that's what I need to do. So I've been working on it like this year. And then I stopped in July because of gestures to everything. And I just like lost all creativity. <laughs> yeah, Trevor just threw threw his hands in the air and he's like, everything. Yeah, just like everything. <laughs> um, and so I kind of like just lost motivation as we have kind of just, you know, you get into moods and I just went into a mood. Yeah, I feel you. It took me uh, the whole quarantine to start this podcast. So I am right there with you. I get you. that. <laughs> My uh, and then uh, our writers group that you're a part of uh, on this last or last week, they're like, okay, Trevor, if you don't write, then you need to pay each of us five dollars. That motivated me. <laughs> Have you been writing or like recently stopped writing? Because you said you you've been working on the pilot till July. Yeah, and then I just stopped. I just like straight okay. up stopped writing. I wrote a sketch in that mean in the two months. And that doesn't. So you count. like had a had a good streak and then kind of stopped yeah but i'm going back into it i'm stepping forward again into writing. did someone else pitch the idea you owe everyone five bucks if you don't write next week yeah it was okay <laughs> i think it was pamela actually shout out it sounds pamela. like a pamela move yeah. she's very director of the group type yeah it's her group <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was it was really good it was it was i'm glad that she did it because then everyone else agreed and i was like ah oh, shoot I guess. Of course they agreed. They want $5. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I don't know how serious it actually was, but it got me, still no. got me motivated. That's funny. I feel like a lot of things come out of the pressure of a collective writers group like that. Like I, I know Felicia Day, she started her show, The Guild, because her writers group was like, oh, you haven't written anything and it's been another week. Like she, she felt the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, good for her. I did not know that. And that was like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I remember she, because I read her book and she was like, I just kept going to this writer's group thinking 
It was another meeting with writers, another meeting with actors like Hollywood. Um, and then she's like, and after a while, I realized I kept showing up and saying, all I do is play World of Warcraft this week. I haven't written anything. And she wrote a show about being addicted to World of Warcraft <laughs> after after the shame hit her. And look at her. Look at her now. I know. She's a, a famous person. Nominated for an Emmy. Very cool. I'm excited for you with a pilot under your belt. Yeah, I, I'm 25 pages in and it's going to I'm trying to hit 30 pages. We'll see. But I think it's good. I give you credit because I haven't joined that writer's group or written anything like that in a long time. Well, it's shit. The writer's group has moved a lot. It's now just one. You know how she was having like our writer's group and then like the page group. Yeah, it's hard to have a, a weekly commitment to. Yeah. And now it's just the page writer's group. And then every Friday, obviously, I'm not doing it now. Um, but every <laughs> Friday, we do a writing hour. That's a new thing, too. Have you been doing like online Zoom writing hour? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, for, for writing hour, it's just Facebook message. It's just kind of like, all right, everybody start writing now. And then okay. check ins, like 30 minutes left. And then afterwards, we like Facebook. Uh, it's message. like accountability. Yeah. And it's been helping, except like when I was in Arizona, I kind of just stopped doing it because I was like, oh, I should hang out with my family more and like not be as far away, which is a good sentiment. And I, I mean, I definitely enjoyed the time with them. Yeah, it's hard to be selfish with your time when you feel like you have to be social and mm-hmm. hang out with the people you love. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that can be a drag. <laughs> it can be, but this time, I mean, it wasn't. It was nice being around, especially my youngest. It was my... I was around my youngest sister a lot more than I would say like most of our lives because she's nine years younger than me. So like, yeah, so I have two sisters. So one's two years younger than me and uh, she she's married. And then uh, so we obviously didn't see her like as much, but we still went over like a week and she has a puppy now, which is really cute. But then my other sister's nine. So like or nine years between us. So that was like a weird like growing up. It was like big enough to wear like when she was kind of like of age to like talk, like when I was like 12 and I was like too cool to play with Barbies with her, you know? And then like, as she got older, I started like hanging out with my friends more and then I go to college. And so I'm like, Oh, I miss all this precious time with my youngest sister. And then I got it back, which was good. And good coming out of quarantine. For sure. So that's good. Good for the mentality. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. I wish I could bond more with my family right now but it's like it's hard they're in new york or my sisters are in louisiana and i'm not jumping on a plane randomly i have to like strategically plan it out right no it's especially hard right now i'm very like blessed and lucky that i had the opportunity to like do that it's good that you soaked up the family time while you could Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have you okay so because you're from arizona and you mentioned you know some trump supporters has politics affected any relationships of like people close to you, whether they were friends or family or yeah. has anyone, anyone kind of change in your relationship perspective? So when you sent me this question, I was still thinking about it. And it's like, I'm one of those people that like tries to see the good in everyone. It's a tough question. Yeah. It, so it's hard for me to, like lose any friendships over something like this. Um, I certainly, certainly disagree with them. And I will give my opposite opinion in times like that they find I need to. And I definitely nowadays find the need to more often, but I don't like end any friendships or relationships. 
you give your opposite opinion? Is it online or in person? Uh, it's all been online, um, which okay. is obviously easier for everyone for good and bad reasons. People post things. Yeah, I can't imagine having a, a Thanksgiving dinner and right. like being a few glasses of wine in and being like, I hate this person who I'm related to. Like, yeah, I, f- I feel like in America right now, that's a lot of people's reality. Yeah. And luckily I'm, I mean, I only saw my immediate family, my immediate family, we all share the same perspectives. So that's good. Um, but it's kind of like a few extended family members, a couple friends of mine. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. The reflux is acting up. Mine too. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, I don't know why now everything is. But anyway. It's like talking too much plus drinking water or whatever. Probably. But yeah, so like, I mean, the only thing, so like changes, like uh, there's some people I know for sure that like would my entire life of knowing them have never been political, never said anything political. And then suddenly during quarantine, they're like, uh i'm anti-mask and like masks are uh suppression which is like and like or i'm being oppressed or like whatever and i'm like why why do you want to be oppressed so bad that you find wearing a mask is oppressing yeah i'm assuming these are all like probably semi-privileged white people Uh, that's that's usually the anti-maskers i come across right right i don't know if they're i was gonna say i don't know if they're privileged but as white people, we're all privileged. So yes. So the answer to your question is yes. In a way. That's just the tip. That's a typical person in my neighborhood I've seen defying the mask rule. Right. No, totally. Getting into a fight in the Ralph's parking lot, the grocery store parking yeah, lot. Yeah, <laughs> I went to, my family went to a ice cream, like an ice cream store in Arizona. And it's actually, so like it's a city called Cave Creek. And it's kind of, it's cute. But, like, you know the types of people that live there for the most part. Because and when you go to, like, actual Cave Creek, it's, like, old, like, old Western. There's a lot of people kind of, like, going around in, like, horses and, and all that. It's very, like, weird, like, what you think of the West, of, like, the old West. That's, like, what it is. But anyway, so uh, we went to an ice cream store. And this, like, older couple came in. They had their shirts over. And she was like, she was like, I left my mask in the car. So don't ask me to wear it. And I know it's all bullshit. And the people behind the desk were like, or behind the counter, we're like, we cannot serve you. It's all bullshit? They're like, we cannot serve you. And she's like, oh, don't give me that bullshit. And they're like, she's like, I left my mask in the car. And then they're like, okay, we have masks right there. And she was like, where? I don't see them. And just because I'm a jerk. I was, and I'm petty. I was like, they're right here. <laughs> That's such a non-jerk move. That's like the magnanimous I know, <laughs> but it's just like, I just want to cause issues. And I just, As you should. I want to see her fall. And she, Please call cause issues with these people who are defying health and safety right. regulations. And she's like, ugh, whatever. Uh, and so she left, but her husband stayed. And like, he wouldn't, it was weird. He wouldn't wear the mask. So he just like put it up against his face. Like for whatever reason, he was like, I'll put up the mask against my face, but I will not put it around my ears. Uh, so he got the ice cream for both of them. But I was just like, what happened to human decency? And people are like, this isn't human decency. I can't breathe. It's like, it is human decency. And that's on you. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a 
lack of empathy and being able to see yourself in someone else's shoes. Like think of the ice cream right. worker who's been working eight hours wearing a mask. Right. And especially that this couple was older. I was like, we're all doing it for you. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm really bashing. I'm like being really ageist right now on this podcast. And I'm like, I should not be. You're not. Like, I'm not like, <laughs> no, like, I, I know so. there's like people in like the older generation that are like really cool. And they're really like anti-Trump and they get it. It just seems to be like, a, I'm talking from the Arizona perspective that like there are majority of people in the Arizona world that are Trump supporters are older, but there is a bunch of younger people. There's a whole like ASU group that were like the young Republicans that like raised money for that shooter in Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I know Republicans don't have to be all bad. It's just the current day representations we see like donald trump like mitch mcconnell most of the republicans in congress they're just they tend to veer mm-hmm. towards ter- terrible humans <laughs> so it just they're poorly represented and it's like right my, no they definitely are and like my parents are republican they i think they really put a, instilled something good in me and that when i was re- learning about politics for the first time ever in third grade uh because we were going through an election uh the george bush one we, or I guess this was second grade. It doesn't matter. We we're learning about like the parties. <laughs> and uh, I asked my parents who I knew, I was like, they're Republican. I was like, do you always have to vote for Republicans? And they're like, no. And my parents are both like, we voted Democrat before. Like, you don't have to vote Republican. I think that like instilled a good thing in my mind. Like, yeah, you can be like one political party, but that doesn't mean you're all you're good and that doesn't mean that you're bad it just means you're a person and then there's bad representation on like all parts i'm glad you have that perspective because i personally am biased towards the gop and republicans just Mm -hmm. my whole political educational career i like hated george w bush when he was in office and i you know my first vote was for obama so i feel like i identify as super Mm -hmm. liberal um but i deep down don't hate republicans i just hate the stereotypical ideals like the the pro-life stuff and these things that are that are misogynistic and racist (laughs) yeah no totally yeah yeah but it shouldn't be so black and white it should be a democracy and we just we've lost that yeah and that's why i think that we just shouldn't have political parties i mean i get that organizationally it makes sense it makes our election process a lot easier but like i think we've gotten to college rival rivalry like it's just like you suck because you're this way because you identify this way it's like don't do that don't do that yeah and don't be a bully and uh disregard science that's that's like the main issue with trump right now is just he he's a bully he's mean he's ignoring facts about a pandemic and it's just dangerous to everyone in the country it's like actually dangerous like this is like yeah, and he's very he's currently infected with COVID, and he's going to a rally in Florida, and he's like, "It's no big deal. I think I'm better," but no one's verified that he's better. He's, oh, he was supposed to be on Fox News today, uh, getting a health test on live mm-hmm. TV. Actually, <laughs> I hope that happened. Yeah, but it was with a doctor who's like iffy and doesn't have like a good background. So I was like, <laughs> if it's like an iffy doctor on Fox News, I feel like it's going to be your world of health doctor. Mr. Trump, let's kiss your feet. He was a set. He was a set. Yeah. <laughs> that's his, right. that's his background. Well, I think we can wrap up. Is there anything 
you want to share with the audience or that you want to promote what's going on with your comedy I don't career? have anything I want to promote I guess I can uh, I can be disgusting do you want people do you want yeah, people to follow you I can on be Twitter? disgusting and tell people my bag <laughs> and I hate it when people do that but I would love to be famous so it's go for uh, it be vile wags to witches w-a-g-g-s t-o-w-i-c-h-e-s wags to witches it's a pun off my last name and that's on twitter and instagram and on instagram i'll post every now and then uh i'll do a improv show with it's called manager special and it's on twitch uh it's short form and it's with people from around the country and it's pretty fun. It's hard doing improv over Zoom, but I think they nailed it. I joined a little late, uh, and they fig- figured out the short form games at work, and that can be fun. So it's still it's still a good time. That's awesome. Is it through Is it through Second City or is it like an independent? It's through people I met at Second City, but it's independent. Oh, cool! I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do it next because I don't know what my life looks like because I have jury duty. Uh, but right uh, yeah <laughs> Which is such it a bummer. sucks um but they're on tuesdays and fridays but if yeah, we follow, so follow you... me and i'll post about it and that's it i don't have anything else to promote other than please vote that's plenty and i feel like you're you're very much of a good like joyful Those presence stuff. on social media because you, you've been posting the occasional <laughs> the occasional political thing but it's like mixed in with pop culture and music stuff so it's it's always good yeah in, yeah more music stuff now that's my new thing because i don't know what to do you're posting about phoebe uh phoebe, phoebe bridges, bridges. Right? oh i love her uh, she's so good <laughs> but yeah i'm now my new thing is listening to new music or music that i haven't uh listened to like ever before like i just finished listening to frank ocean for the first time and i was like this changed my life so uh oh. that's my new thing and it's yeah. a great time for it. While we're socially isolated, you might as well d- discover a new artist and dig deep. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to yeah. take your lead. I'll listen, I'll listen to some Frank Ocean. Yeah. I <laughs> highly recommend the listening to him. He's a genius. When you need a break from the debates or whatever's happening on the news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Trevor. This has been a true pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting. Of course. <laughs> and I'll talk to you soon if I don't see you on on your Twitch show. Yeah, for sure. We'll keep in touch. This has been Therapy Roulette, Consent to Vent. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review if you can, and tell your friends. I'll be back with a new episode next Thursday. Therapy Roulette, Consent to Vent, Trauma If you don't